Hello, and welcome to Bard Talk, lovely people. Today we're, uh, we're marching on through June. What a week it's been up here in the Northeast, hit by quite the heat wave. Um, it, it's amazing how we go from literally 40 degree nights, barely making it into the 60s during the day, one thunderstorm, a period of two hours, and it's 90 degrees, 98 plus degrees during the day, and then like 77 at night, and humidity goes from, I don't know, maybe 20, 30% to like 80, 90%, and it just hovers there. And it's funny, it kind of reminds me of Florida weather right now, because it has been so hot and muggy that we get these pop-up showers. And they're not everywhere, like literally a five mile stretch in an area will receive a shower and on either side it's dry and sunny, you know, who cares. But after the shower rolls through, the wind and, and everything kind of makes the humidity even worse, but like the temperature drops a little. So you get these little cool respites and it got me thinking, which <laughs> for all intents and purposes, could probably be the title of this podcast it got me thinking but it did um you know uh, i've been going through quite a lot lately uh, a lot of ebbs and flows um so I, i'll just go out ahead and say that like one of the the successes that i've just experienced is the acceptance into paramedic school um and this is a big deal um i don't know I really don't know equivalents in other countries. So if you're listening to this in any other country, first of all, oh my God, thank you. Uh, that's awesome. I'm glad that uh, you spend a couple minutes with me every day or every week. And, you know, you're not even from the same land. But um, in America, for the most part, across the board, uh, we have some different levels when it comes to uh, emergency medicine providers. And I at the lowest tier, uh, barely hanging on, you kind of have like your first aid, CPR trained people. And this is a federal requirement if you want to serve in any role. So police officers have to be at this level. All firefighters have to be at this level. Um, it's just a very basic understanding, mostly of CPR, cardiopulmonary respirations, um, and, and, and an AD use. And of course, like a very basic understanding of bandaging. That's it. There's really nothing else to it. Um, your next step up is EMR. Uh, used to be called just first responder training. Now it's emergency medical responder. And, and this level of training is a little more in depth. Uh, I think they teach you how to treat for shock, how to identify factors that are going to cause your patient to degrade rapidly but it's more of a, a fast triage like a pick it up let's go let's get this person on a stretcher like they're actively um, in a descent they're, they're circling the drain is what we say often but the, the more colloquial term would be you know they're decompensating they're they're starting to lose it um, and then the level that I've been at for the last 16 years the level that a lot of people get to and that's that's where they stay is the emergency medical technician commonly referred to as an EMT as an EMT mostly what I have at my disposal 
is defensive defensive things so I can put people on oxygen I can check their blood sugar I can I can collect information for a higher level of care I can do blood pressures pulses you know readings of that nature um, it's it's a very basic level but it's it's advanced in that you are afforded the opportunity to do so much so there are so many calls that are truly BLS calls, simple bandaging calls. When I say simple bandaging, I'm saying like a BLS level trauma is a trauma where the person has been injured, but they're not in immediate danger from bleeding out or, or going into shock or any of those uh, types of scenarios. And, and to further explain, shock would take up too much more time. But I'm saying... It's a very defensive role, but it's a role where you are granted a level of autonomy. I mean, you, you truly have the okay to call med medical command, to call an emergency doctor and say, hey, this is what I have going on. These are the interventions I'd like to perform. And, and then they can give you the okay. And that may include administering epinephrine for anaphylactic shock or, or putting on oxygen or giving them a nitroglycerin tab. Um, there's, a, there's a bunch of things. It's really this, this weird intermediate level. And, and as of real recently, they introduced an EMT advanced or an EMT intermediate. And that position allows you to go even further. Now you can, with medical commands, you can provide certain drugs. Um, you can start IVs. You can use more advanced airways. Uh, but the holy grail of emergency medicine um, is really the paramedic. That is that is somebody trained practically to an RN level, um, really, really close to that level. Um, you are afforded actual interventions. Now you do have a protocol which gives you a guideline for which medicines you can administer to have an effect on your patient. You know more advanced cardiac care. You read monitors. You do a lot with the cardiovascular uh, system. You really get trained to a level of pre-hospital medicine that is impactful. You can make a big difference in somebody's life um, if, if they're on the decline, obviously. And I mean, they do have um, PHRNs, which literally stands for pre-hospital uh, registered nurse. This is uh, an even... To say it's a more advanced level, um, it's really hard to suss out the differences. Uh, there's certainly a level where like, you can apply more aggressive drugs um, or you can monitor more aggressive drugs. You can monitor multiple drips. You can monitor multiple things. You may have a patient who needs cardiac monitoring, who's on a ventilator, and who's on multiple drips for, for various agents that are very, very dangerous, you know, anticoagulants and things of that nature, um, where if administered even slightly improperly, you're going to have a decline in your patient immediately. So... Um, the, the amount of PHRNs are, are very few and far between, and most of the time the path of that is somebody who goes to nursing school for two or three years and then goes to nursing school for an additional year to get their PH uh, license. And then, you know, a lot of them will join a critical care team, and you're talking flight nurses, like... Those are, those are really narrowed positions, positions that aren't filled by a lot of people. There are a lot of paramedics on the road, 
but the paramedic level is is really it's it's that part where you know you you are more than just a pre-hospital ambulance driver or more than a pre-hospital person who can do a lot of defensive uh maneuvers you really have the opportunity to affect people's lives and so you know i'm staring down the barrel at 11 months of of a very intense course a very difficult course the success rate is not high um, it is going to afford me the opportunity to test for my national registry. And if I get my national, not if, when I get my national registry, you know, it really opens the doors that I've wanted for a while where I have the ability to move out of this Northeast corridor. I, I truly, my heart is set on not spending the rest of my days here. I want, I want to move past this. I want to retire somewhere where it doesn't snow where I don't have to deal with exaggerated heating bills, where it's it's less busy and hectic. Um, for people that live in the Northeast, they're so numb to it. They're so numb to the climate. And when you go on vacation and you see how the rest of the world lives, it's really bizarre. And there's a lot of talk about people who live in Pennsylvania have like this Stockholm Syndrome where they think it's a good place to live because they've never been anywhere else. But truly, if you've lived anywhere else, you know that this place is like mediocre at best it's not the worst place in the world to live i mean there are advantages but there's a lot of things that just i personally don't want to deal with when i'm in my my elder years and and it, the great thing about this course is you know the bump in pay grade the availability for me to seek out jobs with much higher salaries much better benefits is going to be there so this really does set me up for long-term success now i'm kind of counting my chickens before they're hatched but I, I feel, I truly do feel that I'm going to be able to pass this course. I'm going to be able to get through this. I, I feel strongly in my, my clinical skill sets and, and also in my ability to take in knowledge. And this is going to be a big class. It's going to take a lot of my time. And I know I threw that, that thread out there before, but this may be what what undoes my work here on the podcast or maybe reduces it you know maybe i can find workarounds where maybe i don't do a weekly one maybe it's a monthly one maybe it's a, a bi bi-weekly i don't know i'm going to try to maintain my schedule and all of the things i like to do but truly this is going to be a test of my ability to time manage and focus um and with that all being said like I, I'm, I'm excited. I'm ramped up. You could probably hear it in my voice. Like I'm excited to do and take on this new challenge and this next stage in my life. But it has been a long time coming. And that is something that I think needs to be echoed over and over and over because some people, some people, I think the majority of us struggle with the idea of success, the idea of being in a position or a situation where we are moving forward we're making forward progress and we're bettering ourselves and a lot of people thank you cat oh my god a lot of people get disheartened or they quit moments from success not realizing that the process is a series of ups and downs it is hills and valleys it is heartache and sweat and it is feeling like you are at your lowest point. Um, and this applies so much more than just educational success or career success. Like it is the hallmarks of mental health 
that you deal with these problems. You deal with depression. You deal with being bipolar or having BPD or any of these things. And, and you, you can put in the work. You can go to counseling and speak with a therapist. You can take um, uh, CBD training. CBD? CBT? Wow, I, don't forget, I forget that acronym. But that mindfulness training that was created... Um, and and do the workbooks you can you can have meaningful conversations with your counselor your therapist whomever you can see that doesn't mean it's easy it, it's it's so incredulous to me how we we look at mental health as this thing i mean i think we're getting to a point where it's more acceptable and people are realizing that mental health is just as important as physical health is but we still lack that empathy we still lack that that piece of the puzzle where we we can truly see people as human beings struggling with something just as difficult as a physical injury and and truly in some cases there is a physical injury. There is something that triggers a chemical response within their bodies to have anxiety, to suffer through PTSD, to suffer through depression. I mean, these things have been equated to having something as a physical injury attached to them. Um, and, and no, you know, I don't think anybody wants a boatload of pity. Nobody wants to, to feel like the world sees them as this this horrible thing like that that's that's not what i'm i'm aiming at but i'm saying that again move with kindness give people the space to be upset there is a lot of hurt in this world there's a lot of things that go wrong and we experience them so differently from from such vast different viewpoints it's amazing to me how little we take into each other's feelings oftentimes when we cast judgment or when we we have an opinion about something you know i've met some wonderful people who who i was told out of the gate like oh you better you know this one's a little weird or oh she's she's the mean one or he's he's got a temper or he's grouchy and, and with small conversations, you find out real quickly that these people carry this darkness, this unbelievable darkness that weighs them down constantly. And they're not even trying to be mean. They're not trying to come off upset. It's literally so baked into who they are, their personality, that they don't realize it anymore. They're, they're just in this point this state of life where things are so miserable that they can't even really truly recover from the trauma that's happened to them. And I know that word gets thrown around a lot and some people roll their eyes, but quickly, let's address what trauma is. Trauma is something that happens to you that changes your perception of the world. And I mean that like it really truly is all encompassing. If you get into a car accident and you break your arm and you can't use your left arm for months while it's in a cast and you have to go through this arduous course of physical therapy and bathing without getting your, your left arm wet or whichever, um, it is going to affect how you see the world. You are going to see things in everyday scenarios 
where you can't believe how how the world is set up not to accommodate people with that kind of disability somebody who doesn't have the use of both arms and then it changes your perception you've gone through physical trauma you now know understand how painful a broken bone is or how long the healing time is or how difficult it is to do everyday tasks and that changes who you are it 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 shapes your view of the world differently and that is no different than somebody who experiences mental trauma somebody who who puts their 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 everything on the line to achieve something and i'll just use this for an example i don't i'm not using anybody i'm using this scenario but you know somebody who puts out the money for paramedic school who who does their due diligence and gets through the entrance exam and gets through all the entrances processes which is arduous and then they get in and their first day of class goes well and but as the the year progresses like they're falling behind they're not passing their tests they're not their attendance record isn't pristine enough for whatever reason or maybe they get all the way to the end and they get to the end of 11 months of just utter hell and they they fail out and now you have this view of the world where you went through this gauntlet to achieve something that you knew was going to improve your life and that you knew was going to improve the lives of those around you and the patients you treat and you didn't do it and that feeling of not being good enough of not having scored higher on your test or not spent more time studying or for truly failing to seize the moment, the opportunity that was presented to you, um, it's going to have long-lasting effects. There's going to be all kinds of effects to us putting effort and time into something that we feel is transformative in our lives and failing to reach it. There's going to be cause and effect when we carry things from our childhood. And it could be simple things, but, you know, your parents get divorced. Your child neglect or abuse. God forbid you're ever sexually assaulted. You know, the physical stains of these things may not last very long in the grand scheme of things in your life. But the physical or the mental changes, the, the way you perceive the world is forever stained a different color and and that alters your behavior sometimes in ways you don't realize you don't realize how hard you are on yourself or you don't realize how negative people perceive you 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 are you are surviving you're not thriving you're in the mode where you're trying to reach out and just get through the day and and that can surface in many different ways you know i I have been so inundated as love late. Like I just, I feel like I have so much stuff to do and there isn't even enough time in 24 hours if I stayed up to get it all done. And staring at this mountain of work is sometimes paralyzing. And instead of getting up and, and just saying, okay, I'm going to serialize these tasks and I'm going to try to get done as much as I can, but let's first start with this task, do this task. And then get that done. Um, instead, what happens is I see the whole picture, and the whole picture looks, I can't get it done. And so I see all of the tasks as a whole. And because I can't get any, you know, the, the whole completed, 
I, I feel like I, I just, I look for ways to distract myself. I look for my ways to do other things instead of getting these key things done. Um, instead of serializing. And I end up like watching YouTube videos or, or hanging out on Twitter or going on Instagram or playing with my animals or, or, you know, getting involved in a task that doesn't need to get done because I feel like, you know, well, I know I can get that done. Um, it, it, you can almost work yourself up into an issue with object permanence. You know, object permanence being when you don't see something, it doesn't exist. So instead of writing out a list of tasks that I need to do and being organized and saying, oh, I got to do this, 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 and this, I don't write it out. I, I just honestly fret over the whole of everything that I have to do. And I forget some of the things I have to do. And I, or, you know, I pick off some of the easier things to do and then I don't, I get them done and I forget the, the key things that I need to get done. And, you know, there are people with ADHD who suffer a lot more from object permanence and they don't even realize they have ADHD. Like we classically, classically think of ADHD as an issue with small children. Like, oh, you know, that child's hyperactive. Like they're bouncing off the walls. They can't focus on tasks. They can't do this. They must have ADHD. Load them up with Ritalin, right? Um... But in adults, it presents so much differently. You know, it may literally just be that ob object permanence. Like, you could come home from work and have that entire mental load on your back about everything that you had to do at work, or what's waiting for you for tomorrow. You know, that conveyor line that never ceases, that, that just continuously repeat, repeat action. Or maybe you have other action, actions or projects or, or things that you, you need to get done. And those are weighing so heavily on you. And then you come home and you sit down. You take a couple minutes for yourself and your mind wipes. You have no thought in your head about the things that need to get done. The issues at home. Those things that you've got to take care of. And then you wipe and, and because, you know, you're struggling with object permanence there, you're not even thinking about those things and it's difficult and it's hard. And, and, you know, when I see people like that or, and, and when I go through my, myself, like it's heartbreaking, I'm, I guess in some weird way, I am kind of glad that I have the issues that I have, that I have a level of depression, untreated depression, which really needs to be looked at at some point, um, that I have often displayed issues with object permanence, that I have an ADHD mindset where, like, you know, I'm my happiest when I'm in a chaotic situation. I'm in a chaotic situation right now, and I sound almost jubilant, and it's, it's one of those things at some point in my life, I do need to address. And to say that every day I wake up and go, oh, thank God, like, I have a childhood full of just horrible things and horrible situations and scenarios. And it's not that at all. But I am thankful that I have experienced things that opened my mind to the possibility that when I'm wronged, when somebody does something that I don't agree with or that hurts me in a way... I own a level of empathy. 
I own a space in my head that goes, okay, they acted up. They, they did something unsavory towards me. But what, what maybe are the factors that go into that? What maybe influences their behavior? What, what are they struggling with? And instead of responding in like, instead of being frustrated and lashing out back, I have that, that self-awareness to go, I'm not perfect. I do a bunch of things wrong in the day. I make mistakes. I say things that hurt people. I did a whole podcast how it's basically impossible to exist without impacting things positively and neg- negatively around you. And I, I'm well aware that I will say and do things that hurt other people. Not necessarily because I want that to happen, but it may be perceived that way. I may do something. Um, you know, there, there's there been things that have stuck in my mind a bunch of times where, like, you know, I stupid things, too, where, like, you know, I met a friend at, at Wawa and, like, um, I was at work or I wasn't at work and, like, I would just went in to, to grab uh, a water or a coffee or something like that. And I got to talking with them and I found out that they were struggling and, like, I didn't even offer to buy them a coffee. And maybe that sounds like a dumb thing, but just that small gesture to reach out a hand and offer you know, just a warm drink or an ice drink, that, that means something to people. I, and, and listen, some people will perceive that negatively too. Like I'm one of those people that if I start confessing to you that I'm struggling or that I'm hurting right now and you try to help me, I recoil. I recoil hard because I have life experiences where zero percentage of help is ever strings free that everything anybody has ever done for me has come at a cost and i would rather struggle through a task or struggle through my my hardship than owe somebody and and it's also uh, it's ego driven too you know um i came from unfortunate circumstances i came from a very just poor household and i have this in ingrained pride that i don't need people's help that i'm not a charity case and so i resist that strongly and in those instances i don't know of one which further backs up my claim i may say something that catches somebody off guard i may turn somebody off i can't tell you how often I go back and think about how I may have lost myself jobs or, or opportunities at jobs because I didn't accept help. I didn't want somebody to vouch for me. I didn't want to have that feeling that I didn't earn this good thing 100% on my own gumption. And that's, that, that has only hurt me. And that is stuff that I should certainly work on. It's stuff that I should talk to a therapist about. I don't know the depths of everything wrong with me. I'm only self-aware enough to know that there is something wrong with me. Um, and, and again, there are days that I am happy that I have this self-awareness that I can look at that and compare it to my interactions with other people, specifically negative interactions, and, and see 
if maybe there's something deeper there, there was something more behind the ill-fated comment or the ill-received comment. You know, people people are all experiencing this existence differently and with various backgrounds, with varied lines of thinking and opportunities. And you, you can't truly ever know somebody as well as they know themselves. Um, and it's difficult. And it's difficult to explain to somebody that the success that they're seeking isn't linear. You know, we, we all fail. And we fail repeatedly. We sometimes forget that learning isn't about achieving. It isn't about getting an A grade or 100% on a test. Learning is making mistakes. Learning is the entire... If there's one of the most beautiful things that I know of, it's that the scientific process is improved and excited when an experiment proves something that they thought was true wrong. That's how science works. That is like the, the most beautiful thing ever. It's like, you know, there's a long-standing theory that X equals Y and there's experiments and models that show x equals y and then somebody with a divergent way of thinking comes along creates a model performs a test and it proves that x isn't y and instead of getting kickback instead of getting and not that it doesn't happen i'm not a scientist i'm sure that happens a lot actually but it, the scientific community at a whole rejoices rejoices at new knowledge and new knowledge is always bred from a failure to prove existing knowledge and that's what learning is that is exactly how we as homo sapiens interact with this world and gain things is people try things people push the boundaries people explore new avenues and they find out they're wrong or they fail at something um, and they refine the process until they do get it right. So my words of kindness to you this weekend or this week are truly just, you know, if, if you have gone through a divorce and you're coming out on the other side, it is not the end. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter what you look like or, or if you're the mean girl or the mean guy, or the grumpy guy, or the son of a bitch, none of that matters. Your value is not diminished by that failure. If you lost a job, and and you can't get unemployment benefits, they get denied, or they get approved, and the government just doesn't send you a check for whatever reason, you losing that job does not diminish who you are, or your value. It doesn't negatively impact you for the rest of your life or transform you into any undesirable object. If you've gained a lot of weight, if you've regressed in your mental health care, um, that doesn't make you a broken, lost cause. None of these things. If you suffer from depression and you have a bad week or you've had a bad year, it doesn't make you less than. That is part of the human experience. We only enjoy warmth because we have felt bitter cold and vice versa in my case. I only like it hot 
because I've experienced cold, killing cold. With those experiences are necessary to move us along, to grow. And, you know, sometimes we don't learn lessons the first time. You don't fail a math test and then immediately go back and retest and pass it. That's the life sometimes has to give us the same lesson a couple times for it to really sink in. We have to be open to that. We have to be open to the new lessons and to the growth of the things that are going on. But all of this is not a linear experience. I am 35. I'm, I'm ticking up to 36. I'm past the point where I can join the military. I'm past the point a lot of fire departments will accept me. I have been an EMT for 16 years. I am only now in the position where I can go get my paramedic and progress. I'm only now in, I only now have an opportunity even to really, truly get a career in emergency medicine. An EMT is a noble position. I am not here to S on anybody who has their EMT. I've been an EMT. I know how hard the job is. I realize that you see as much trauma as a paramedic and that you deal with as much BS and it is not an easy job. You are by no means a lower class of person for being an EMT and that is not my, that is not the reason for me talking about this. I only bring up the opportunities that paramedics have because there are less of them so supply and demand and because of the skill set you have to master because of the things you have to know the pay scale is exponentially higher there are more opportunities people will fight over you to try to get you in their their employment and and that's what you want that's what we all want to strive for we want to be in positions that are valuable because that's how you don't get laid off. That's how you get the higher salaries. That's how you get pensions and things of that nature. Um, it's not that EMDs aren't deserving of that. Again, I don't want anybody to take this in, in, into any negative connotation. It's, it is only bettering yourself. When you put yourself out there to truly test your skills, just as I am, with every opportunity to fail at this and, and really regress and really feel like shit because I didn't pass this, you know, I have this opportunity because a lot of things are being afforded to me and those things don't happen if I fail. I, I, if I fail, I don't only not get my paramedic, I also now owe a, sh a ton of money. So again... It is the opportunity and the willingness of us to accept and extend our arms out to embrace that opportunity. And that opportunity didn't come to me when I was 18, 19, or 20. It didn't come to me at a young age where if I had had my paramedic for 14 years, oh my God, how different my life would be. How many opportunities I could have had to get into the best fire departments, to get a job doing truly what I love. But I didn't, I just wasn't there. I wasn't there. The success doesn't come to you when you need it. It comes to you when you're ready to embrace the le all of the lessons that it takes to get there. And I don't even know if I'm there yet. I, I don't know how you tell those things. 
I'm only throwing it out there that suffering and hardship are, are they go hand in hand and and sometimes you have to live out longer in those areas those wells the valleys whatever euphemism you want to use arrows don't fly forward until they're pulled back sufficiently that is part of the human experience and it's and it is a beautiful thing if you are willing to accept it and willing to put it out there that there's so much you can learn from your current position and apply it to a, a variety of other things. And I don't want to keep talking ad nauseum about this. I'm sorry this is, again, more of an abbreviated one. I, I do try to keep normal time limits with all my podcasts, but I truly, truly am busy and and this this came up just observing weather patterns and talking to people and trying to find something malleable that i could talk about and and this is just a a reoccurring theme for me is just remembering that even though right now i feel like i'm in a good place and i'm on the up and ups and a lot of things just came through you know there's other areas of my life that are on the decline other areas of my life are not going so well. I suffered a big tragedy over the last couple of days, and it hurts. Um, I've been extending myself at work a lot, and it's taken away from everything else I have to do, and I have been feeling overwhelmed. Um, this is this is all a part of life, though, is just weathering the ups and downs of this roller coaster and 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 waiting to see how I come out on the other side. And for the most part, I have kept my head down, my back strong, and my lips stiff, and I've just been accepting the lessons as they, as they come. And I just wanted to talk about that with you. You know, just to extend that out to you that no matter what is going on in your life, no matter how hard your ship is sinking, it is not the end for you. Things will get better. Um, I finished a, a really cool book, uh, a, a poetry book, um, that, you know, it's funny. It, I wouldn't really say it was written for a, a middle-aged white Anglo-Saxon male, but um, I enjoyed some of the poems. Some of the poems were just really pretty. It was just really a beautiful work of art. And its applicability to its target audience, I mean, I can only imagine it would be devastating to read. But the book is called Milk and Honey, um, written by Ruby Kaur, Kaur. I'm not sure, and I'm sorry if I butchered that really bad. But it is a really cool book, and I do recommend that if you're into poetry, you're into learning, like, it's definitely one to check out. Um, beautiful read, beautiful imagery. It's entirely poems. There's a couple sections where she talks about uh, issues going on. Um, and I don't know if it's more artistic or act factual, but it's a good book. Um, the next one that I think I'm going to be reading real soon is Burn by Stephanie Breyer. And uh, I'm not being paid for any of this, by the way. God, I wish. Um, this is all just I, I, I listen, I always talk to you people about the books I read because I think reading truly is the gateway to learning. 
but this next one burn by stephanie Breyer, um looks amazing i've seen some of the the poetry inside uh quoted and and people on tiktok are reading it out loud so it's going to be my next read but that i'm going to leave on this one and it couldn't hit me more perfect than than what's written but um she writes I fall headlong into everything that lights me on fire. I know not of restraint. I was born to burn. I don't know if that's a song lyric or not, but, you know, that is oftentimes how I am described by my friends and family. It's just this person that I I don't even test the waters. I jump into the pool. Um and and you know, there's there's ups and downs with that. There's good things and bad things. But check out Burn by Stephanie Breyer. Check out Milk and Honey by Rupi Ka- Rupi Kaur. Good, good stuff. <laughs>